Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. When have you known that something wasn't right for you, peers? For today's guest, Talia Dat, it was just two months into her corporate career that she realised something was amiss. Thankfully, Talia listened to her gut and forged her own path by launching the digital marketing agency, The Social Click. Now, her two, yes, two agencies are projected to have an income of $2.2 million for the 2023 financial year. Huge. In today's episode, Talia shares how she took the leap of faith while her peers were doing the right things, the privilege of having youth on your side, and how to ask yourself the important question, what do you have to lose? For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram story. Tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Talia. Talia, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Michelle. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, yay. You know, so you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing in the digital space and digital marketing, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you. I love chatting to like-minded individuals. So it's great to be here. 
Amazing. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I'm Talia. Um, I'm a founder of two agencies and I'm an investor of two, three brands, sorry. Um, the two agencies pretty much are my nine to five um, and they are the Social Click and the Content Click. We specialize in digital marketing um, as well as user-generated content creation. So cool, Talia. Oh my goodness. When I was looking into you and just reading all about you, I was like, there's two agencies, but then there's also all these investments. Like it's all just happening for her. So I can't wait to dive deeper into your businesses and how you got started. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Definitely. So um, I'm actually born in South Africa. My parents were immigrants. Um, We moved when I was about three years old. Uh, My parents are very clever individuals. My dad's an actuary and my mum's an auditor. Um, But to support, obviously, the transition and the immigration um, and obviously the currency differences as well. My dad actually had two jobs. One was obviously his nine to five and then he worked early hours like delivering junk mail into people's um, letterboxes to try and support us initially. Um, Today, my mum is a boss lady for sure. She runs a huge company and my dad as well. He is an insurance broker and runs his own company too. A family of entrepreneurs from South Africa. That is so, so interesting. I guess, do you remember what it was like growing up there? And then I guess moving, I imagine you'd remember a bit more. What was it like kind of for you in those early days, growing up in a different country and then coming to Oz and and kind of seeing your parents work so hard to get the family through? What was that time like for you? Definitely. I remember the emotional turmoil of my parents for sure, but I don't, yeah, remember ever living there. We do visit South Africa quite often, um, pre-COVID, of course. My entire family still live there and their lifestyle is just completely different um, to what we have here. Um, it's actually rare um, that people have, like, for example, my cousins have never really worked and that's pretty standard for their kind of generation. And even getting into university seems like an impossible task. Whereas here we've got all these opportunities in which that you just want to take advantage of, you know, between government support and, of course, the opportunities to go to university and study and learn. I felt as though I'd be doing a disservice to not take advantage and dive straight in. It's so, so true. And can we talk a little bit about Talia, the early years? Were you always that hustle mentality, you know, trying to get things done? And I guess it makes so much sense from your background story, but what were you like as a child? And I guess what were some of the things that you loved to do and how did you see the world at that time? Definitely. I don't know if I was always entrepreneurial, if I'm being honest, um, which is probably different to what a lot of other people would say. I think as a kid, I just wanted to be a kid, (laughs) simply put. I was always a high achiever and I obviously worked really, really hard. I wasn't just naturally clever. So I knew that I always had to work harder than say everyone else to get the same sort of results. I'd say I was always determined and willing to kind of go above and beyond. But 
the entrepreneurial kind of mindset only came to me later in life. And considering your parents are entrepreneurs, they're business owners, they're doing their own thing, your mum sounds like a boss, you know, was there ever a time growing up, even in your teens and, you know, like early 20s where you kind of just saw what it was like and I guess did that ever deter you at all or what was your view of business and going out on your own kind of in your teens and and growing up? It's interesting because I don't know if I gave it like two thoughts almost like I was like (laughs) I was like I just need to get through this semester do you know what I mean and like (laughs) when you're in your like teens you're like really close-minded you're just like focusing on the journey ahead of you as quickly as possible But I did see how hard my parents worked to obviously live the lifestyle that they wanted to live. Um, And I think it definitely drove me a little bit to kind of always think, try and think a little bit above and beyond and go outside the box. What do you think is the value of thinking beyond and going outside the box? You're not dictated by like societal norms. It's as simple as that. You know, you're not thinking like, okay, I need to get this degree and then I need to get an internship and then I need to get the grad position to eventually build my way up in the company. As soon as you start to potentially question that system, kind of the opportunities are endless a little bit, but I also think you have to be in the mindset that you're prepared to fail. So obviously that kind of societal way is very rigid for a reason because it means that you've always got a path and a direction to go on. Whereas if you question that, you've got to understand that it's not always going to be daisies and roses, that you are going to fail and you are going to take the wrong path occasionally. But I think that's what just makes you stronger. When was a time for you that you felt like you took the wrong path? Many times. I probably make 10,000 decisions a day and maybe 1,000 are wrong. Like, or maybe something that I could have done better. And I've kind of accepted that. For me, I got that kind of corporate job whilst I was at university working in an insurance house, the direction I kind of thought maybe I'd go based on my parents. And I quickly, quickly realised that I was not made for that lifestyle. Trading into the city, the changing of the shoes, the sitting at a desk all day, yeah, very quickly proved to be the wrong choice for me. And within two months, I kind of made the decision to go out on my own and kind of take the next risk within my company. Two months. That's wild. You know, I think I think back to when I was studying and working and whatnot, and I think I think I did about like a year and I was like, oh, that's so, that's so little. But, and you know, I still was confused whether or not I should do it or not. For you, it almost seems like you're very decisive and you make these quick decisions. Where do you think that comes from for you? And I also feel like you almost know yourself well enough to be able to make those quick decisions. Where does that come from for you? It's a really good question. I think I have just always backed my decisions. Like I don't question myself. If I choose something, I just go with it. I've always had this thing at the back of my mind at first doubt, make a call, whether that be pretty much anything in life. As soon as you get that feeling that something's not 100% right, make a call whether you're going to commit to it or not commit to it because otherwise you're going to find yourself in a situation that you're consistently kind of 
thinking back to that little gut feeling that keeps reoccurring. Whereas if you make the call that you're going to continue with it, you've got to put that gut feeling aside and, and just go with it. So yeah, for me, I think at the back of my mind, I've always had that theory kind of playing over and over and I've kind of just applied it to everything that I do. It's so valuable. And I'm sure our peers out there listening, I'm definitely taking on board what you're saying. I think something that comes with that though is the fear and perhaps not having the courage to actually follow through. You know, I think it can be so easy for us to say, oh, we know we can hear it within our gut or, you know, we know this isn't right. What are we going to do? You know, so what advice would you have to our peers out there listening who just feel like they know the path they're on isn't right, but that they're just so nervous and scared and afraid of actually going down a different one? What do you have to lose? It's as simple as that. And I think you've got to weigh that up because for some people it is a lot. Do you know what I mean? If you have a lot to lose, maybe it does impact the decision a little bit more. But for others, if they don't feel as though they have a huge amount to lose and a lot to gain from the experience, then then go for it. I always weigh up that first and foremost, like what do I have to lose by say taking this risk or changing my direction or my path and I think it's a very valuable question to ask yourself consistently in pretty much everything that you do. When was the last time you asked yourself that question? Probably five minutes ago. (laughs) I got a call from someone asking for like some information I wasn't sure if I wanted to give in an interview and you know I had to basically weigh it up what do I have to lose so I want to dive a bit deeper into the story and into the building of your business so I think from what I read you were studying commerce and global studies and marketing and it was in your final year of studies that you started your company in April of 2018, The Social Click. Could you talk to us a little bit about where this idea came about, where your head was at during that time, and kind of your decision to execute on your business or to start your business? Definitely. So, yes, you've got that all that information 100% right. Um, in 2017, I did a semester abroad, which I think greatly impacted my decisions going forward in 2018. Um, I spent six months in Sweden as well as traveling Europe. I feel very privileged that I had that opportunity. The Swedish lifestyle is very entrepreneurial. Um, people are go-getters. They're hard workers. I just felt like being in that environment definitely drove that thinking within me a little bit. And maybe just the people that I socialized with during that time really just kind of questioned a lot of the thoughts that I had been kind of previously having. And on my return, um, I obviously had not a dollar to my name. And I took this corporate position that I thought was the direction for me. And to be frank, I mean, I really disliked every moment of it. It was very tedious for, for me personally. I'm a creative mind and I always knew that was the direction. And at that time, I mean, I was 22 had a conversation with my parents. I was living at home after returning from my semester abroad and they basically said to me, what do you have to lose exactly? If you want it, you now have this opportunity. We're supporting you at home pretty much. You don't have huge expenses. You don't have a family. You don't have a mortgage. Now that you're 22, just take the opportunity to basically try anything. It might not work. It might fly. But, yeah, just just dive in the deep end. So, 
I think that really drove me to kind of think about, okay, what am I going to do next? And then I started to obviously align my passions, what I spend my time doing. And in 2018, obviously Instagram was going through a huge boom phase. The kind of tap to shop features were rolling out and people were monetizing the platform like never before. And it happened to just basically align with that pep talk that my parents gave to me and kind of drove me to start just offering social media marketing services for free to small businesses to build my expertise and experience. And so, yeah, I took it up as a freelance gig. I didn't charge a dollar for it. I just basically learned on the job. I heard about people's businesses. I networked. I understood what were kind of people's goals and objectives over the next few years, which gave me insight into business overall. And then within about six months, we had a full-blown company, two employees, as the services just kind of blew up. I think it really does align with the fact that we were able to monetize the platforms in that exact year that I decided to start the agency. Oh, such a cool story. I think for our peers out there listening who have this idea or, you know, perhaps they find themselves in a similar situation that you were five years ago where they're kind of contemplating what they want to do with their lives and if the path they're on is even right and perhaps business is on their minds. What was that time like when you were, you know, in the dumps perhaps, just come back from overseas, living at home, trying to figure out what you're trying to do, Instagram's blowing up, you think that's what you should do, you know, talk us through that time that perhaps was a bit confusing and that you didn't really know how to build a business, what you were doing. Definitely. I've never like winged it more in my life, to be frank. And I think it goes to one of my like key pieces of advice is that nothing's ever going to be perfect and, and fake it till you make it really. I would go and meet with clients at the time and they would ask me questions that I had absolutely no idea about. And you just make up an answer and then go home and like frantically Google and like research it and enroll yourself in an online course and pretend like you knew it all the time. So I think during that stage, it was very much just faking it until you made it. But for me, there's one pivotal moment that just stands out. And it was, I was working for a a boutique at the time and they had just gotten in this new chair, right? And the chair arrived and I came down to the shop and I took some photos on probably a very old iPhone and I uploaded it to Instagram. And within 24 hours, we had sold like 10 of those chairs and the boutique had made a huge amount of money. And I think at that moment for me, I realized that this was a business. Someone was actually making profit and money from the activities that I was doing. And I saw it as an opportunity to basically, yeah, catapult whatever we were doing at the time. When we find ourselves in that transition phase from, oh my goodness, it's my side hustle, it's my, you know, little project to this could be a full-blown business and this has potential. What are those next steps that we should take to kind of turn our side hustle or our project into an actual business? Definitely. So I always do a three-month business plan. I always also put a three-month time frame on everything. If you're going to take the risk, you give yourself three months and you map that out. 
I know it takes longer, but three months to really evaluate your performance, you know? And when you're a business owner, it's like you're doing your own reviews, right? Like, did I achieve this? Or it's, it's probably the most daunting experience ever, but you almost have to do a performance review on yourself. But ultimately, put together a business plan for three months, work out what you want to achieve, what's, what's realistic for you to achieve in three months. Can you support yourself across those three months if you don't, say, have another source of income? And work out what is going to be your value proposition and that differentiator that's going to drive you for the next three months. It's going to be different to what you've been doing. And then execute it is definitely the the path to go. And nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if you've got some sort of plan and direction, I feel as though it's a lot easier to review the performance and understand the direction the business is going. So too, was ever a time where you... Perhaps even over the five years after the early days where you felt like the direction of your business wasn't going in the direction it should be, you know, was there ever a time where you just felt like, what am I doing here? And we need to pivot. Definitely. So I think like COVID, like 2020, March 2020 was just a moment for all business owners because society was just in full-blown panic mode. And at the time we had um, three team members, obviously I was, we were supporting and we had a lot of clients that were just wanting to pause everything. Like everyone just didn't know what was happening. And I think that every time someone asks me that question, I think back to that month where you're just like, okay, is like the world going to implode? You know, you just really start to have those kind of, conversations and think about is this the right direction or do we need to stop what we're doing but after that first month it was really clear that digital was the only way forward for the next two years so from there I'm really happy that that month didn't put me completely off it really just drove us even further to really grow and dominate the market. When we find ourselves in that tough time where we have to pay people and money's stopped coming in and we're trying to figure out if we've made the biggest mistake ever. How do we gain the courage to keep going? I think for me, leadership is everything and and that's what it's become for me. Being a leader and being able to support those team members and give them the courage to keep going is what drives me ultimately. So, so true. So I want to talk about the progression of your company. So it's been five years now. Talk to us a little bit about how you've grown it, how you've built it, and kind of the milestones along the way, and perhaps also the pitfalls along the way that you had to push through to keep the business growing. Along the way, I think growing too quickly has definitely always been a bit of a concern for us because we want to maintain a quality of service that speaks to our culture and our company. So I think for us, it's about putting in practices to make sure that we can grow at a rate that is suitable to us as a business without, say, disappointing our current clients or potential new clients. And I think for us, it was embedded in our values. We don't take on too much that we can't execute. So we basically have to maintain a relationship with them but make them aware that, yeah, it might be a delayed kind of process. And I think that's a pitfall that many businesses actually fall circumstance to. They're just taking on any client that's coming their way and they're just trying to 
churn through the business because obviously from a profitability standpoint, it works perfectly. But ultimately, you want to maintain a service and an integrity to your business that other businesses can't. Was there ever a point where you felt like you were acting out of integrity, perhaps personally, maybe it's got nothing to do with your business, but was there ever a time where you faced that and how did you navigate through it? Definitely. Sometimes my own personal morals come into conflict. My morals and the company's morals also differ a little bit, even though I am the CEO. So, I mean, it consistently you've kind of again got to weigh up that what do you have to lose is it too much does it cost you too much or is it something that you can part with but ultimately yeah every day I have to sometimes question it and make a call do I feel comfortable with this or is it just pushing me too far how do we know if something's pushing us just way too far you get that gut feeling you know you ultimately get that gut feeling that says to you this is too much you know or in my case now that I have such a a large team a team member might come up to me and say do we think that this is the right move And, and potentially question me which I absolutely love so I think being able to firstly question yourself but also have others around you that can question you and really allow you to weigh that up is definitely something that I look to. I love that you've got your employees just questioning you like, oh my goodness, what a culture that you can walk (laughs) up to the boss and be like, hey, I think all of your decisions or I think this specific decision is not right. (laughs) As business owners and perhaps, you know, for myself, I'm just starting to really grow my full-time team. And I think that's super scary on so many levels, you know, dealing with people's livelihoods and more so than just when they're part-time or whatever it may be. You know, how do we start to build a culture that where people and, you know, our staff and, and just our teammates can feel like they can speak up and they can bring their whole selves to work? Definitely. It's interesting. I once had a team member come up to me and tell me to go home for the day, right? And I think it really comes down to the way in which you handle a team member's comment when you disagree with it, ultimately. Because the way in which you react to that drives whether someone's going to actually speak up going forward. So for me, it's always been about considering things, listening to everyone, Ultimately, I do make the final call. Someone has to. Otherwise, we've got 20 people in a room just like debating something consistently for hours on end. But I think being able to manage their comments and make them feel heard ultimately is the most important. So, so true. Oh, Talia, absolutely loving this. And I'm just, yeah, loving this chat and all the openness, but I'm mindful of your time. So I've got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is, what has been your greatest failure and win to date? Our greatest failure would be, I'm going to go personally, I failed a, a subject at university, first semester, first year. And I think it taught me how to fail because 
as an overachiever, it hit me really hard. I, I'm pretty sure I spent about a year in therapy after that, um, trying to deal with the failure, but it taught me how to fail ultimately. And I think that that, yeah, definitely has been the, the biggest failure, but the biggest blessing because from that point, I've been able to take failure much better than I did at that time. <laughs> I love that. And your greatest win? Our greatest win would be this new office space, definitely. We've created a home that's got our character in it. I mean, we built it from scratch. It's still got a lot of white walls and needs a lot of art and and more character, but ultimately it's a home for our company and everyone really feels as though this is a space to call their own. I love that. Look, Talia, over the last four, five years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received a lot of recognition for your work and obviously put in a lot of hard work, but most recently you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Firstly, nothing is ever going to be perfect. So just dive in and start. Basically, if it's 80% of the way there, it's good enough, really. Another piece of advice is don't be afraid to fail. I think you've got to take many shots to find the right one that fits. So dive in there. I think it's super important. And the last one, well, I mean, my saying above all is kindness always wins be kind to those around you because you never know who's going to help you get to where you want to be love it oh so good so before I ask you the final question Talia I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing you know for showing us and particularly us you know young ambitious women that if we have that vision, that goal and that dream, although it may take a lot of hard work, we can get there in the end. And for that, we really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I feel very honoured. I feel privileged to be recognised for all my amazing work. And ultimately, this goes out to my team consistently because they put in the hard yards every single day and make the company what it is. I love it. And so the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? You wake up happy every single day. It's as simple as that. You wake up and you're not dreading the commute to work. You're not dreading getting dressed for the day. You're not dreading the meaning that you have. You ultimately feel, and it's not every single second of every single day, but overall you wake up every day feeling like this is the place for you. Talia, thank you so much. We have had an absolute blast. It's been so awesome to chat with you. Where can we learn more about you and the social click and also the content click? Of course, connect with me on LinkedIn, Talia Dat. I'm always happy to chat to anyone that's thinking about making the plunge. I'm always there to give advice and also just 
have like-minded people in my network. We also have a website, the social click and the content click.com, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. We're across it all. So just connect with us and we'd love to chat. Amazing. Well, it come up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. It's been so awesome. Thank you, Michelle. It was wonderful to chat to you. Amazing. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.